You're listening to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast, and I'm your host, Hannah Bowers. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the Baby Dust Fertility Podcast. I hope that you've had a great start to your Monday or whatever day it is. If you're not listening to this on the absolute first day it comes out, well, I really hope you are. Um, to those of you who have joined me over on Instagram um, in the broadcast channel, I just want to say, hey, thanks so much for, for hanging out with me there. I really enjoyed connecting with you guys. Um, and just kind of having an opportunity to chat with you more directly. I feel like sometimes when you get on social media, it is so loud and it is so busy that you kind of get lost in things. So, so that's just been a really fun place to connect. Um, but today I'm really excited to be sitting down with Gina Wolf. I connected with her on Instagram. No surprise there. You guys know that I find a lot of the guests for the show on Instagram because it's such an amazing place to to really get a quick idea of someone's passion and their love for the area of fertility. So welcome, Gina. Thanks for taking some time this evening. We just discussed it's dinner hour. We're kind of sacrificing that or at least pushing it back a little bit to have this conversation. So thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me, Hannah. I appreciate it. So one of the things that I love to ask when we start off these podcast interviews is just how did you arrive here? You know, um, I, I feel like there's so many different and amazing journeys into fertility, but, but what does that look like for you? So I feel like my journey really started just a long time ago with just, I feel like a very common complaint of very terrible, heavy, painful periods when I was a very young girl and went through like the very standard things that we go through, you know, trying to figure out, do you have endometriosis? Do you have PCOS? Anything like that? Um, and so went through all the very standard testing and nothing ever really came about with it. And so ended up on birth control for 10 very long years Oh wow! and was yeah. very miserable the whole time while that happened, right? Which is huge for women too, you know, very feeling overly depressed and very irritable and angry a lot and just never really understanding like why that was happening. And so I've just did my own research and finally decided like I wanted to go to PA school. I love people. I love helping them. And so that was a really amazing journey for me to learn Western medicine, learn about the body and just see what all of that has to offer. And I, I do truly love that. And then I started having worsening, you know, period symptoms and gut issues. And I just decided the birth control pill had to go at some point. And my husband was very supportive and he's like, this just doesn't seem normal to me to have all these issues, right? Um, and so unfortunately I did um, seek like a colonoscopy and some very formal testing as a provider and an adult and got what I feel like is such a common story from women. And it is so heartbreaking to me that I was basically told that it was probably just my period, that like this was not a big deal and we weren't really gonna go any further with it. And mm. so then I decided I really just wanted to dive into like a, a different type of approach. I wanted more. I felt like there was something more that I had to be able to tell women. Like it couldn't just be one size fits all because I feel like every person is so different. And that's the beauty of like just all of this in general is you get to individualize what you're doing. And I love that. And so I started becoming more interested in like a functional, like root cause approach to see like, what could that offer me personally? And 
you know, stopping birth control is for like a lot of women, very traumatic experience. Like we have a lot of hormonal imbalances that come with it and it's not a fun experience. And so I found functional medicine as a way to heal my gut, balance my minerals and found that like periods didn't have to be awful and painful. And the first couple months of not taking my hormonal birth control, I, I knew there's no way I could get pregnant. My period was barely even there, you know, and then you start mm. questioning your fertility as a woman, which is a hard question to come mm-hmm. to. Yeah, like, it's scary to sit there and be like, I'm ready to have a baby, but my body is telling me that it is most definitely not ready to have a baby. And wondering about those things after taking, you know, hormonal birth control for 10 years, thinking like you're terrified that like that is going to be a problem at some point. And so we ended up really just taking a root cause approach. My husband was very supportive. And so I started learning all the things on myself because I knew I wanted to have like the best healthy pregnancy that I could have. And I wanted to make sure we were able to get pregnant because that's a concern. And so that was really kind of how my interest in female hormones started is because I was so miserable and just kept hearing over and over this women having the same problem all of the time. And I just wanted to be able to do more because there had to be something more that we could do to help women other than just taking Tylenol and hormonal birth control. Mm, That's amazing. And and awesome too. I always think, you know, not awesome to have to go through that because that that doesn't sound like an awesome journey to have had to navigate in the moment, but how awesome to now have that personal experience to understand the, that unique frustration, the unique struggle of just kind of getting doors closed back to back to back on, on further answers. Um, but, but yeah, what an amazing thing to bring to the table for your patients. Yes. It's very, I still love Western medicine. I think it can have a Mm -hmm. lot to offer women, Mm, Um, but I think for a lot of women, a functional root cause approach is just as appropriate too. And I love having the combination and resources to provide both if needed. Mm. Oh, absolutely. And I think that I not think, but I hope that that is where, you know, medicine shifts to in the coming years. Um, You know, there's a lot of times it seems like on both sides, you know, we want to throw the other side out, but there is so much good that can come when they're combined and and used appropriately. So, so that just gets me excited. (laughs) Yeah. But I know that one thing that I really would love to just pick your brain on today that I dive into with you is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, I know you're passionate about this. I know you've got experience working with this. Um, would you just kind of start us off breaking down what this condition is and just kind of help our listeners get a better understanding? Yeah, absolutely. So I love PCOS and I think it's probably one of the most common things that I see in my functional practice. And so that's probably why I love it so much is because (laughs) I talk about that a lot. And so for me, the, there's a lot of gray area for a lot of women with getting diagnosed with PCOS. And so that's really hard for a lot of women. They're searching for like, what is wrong and looking for that diagnosis. And there's, you know, different ways that you can diagnose and different criteria. I personally really like the Rotterdam criteria as far as PCOS goes. And for a lot of women, this means that you're having either periods that are very irregular. um, And most of the time you're not ovulating and having Mm -hmm. potentially less than 12 cycles per year. Majority of these women are also going to have cycles that are longer than 35 days too. And we're commonly finding that they'll have high estrogen or excuse me, androgens. So whether it's testosterone, DHEA, DHT, something like that. And so for a lot of women, this is going to translate to why they're having excessive facial hair growth on their chin and their upper lip, whether they notice it on their belly 
Um, and then the acne, and even for some women, hair loss is a really big concern for them, right? And so then for a lot of women, they'll also get the ultrasound done and they'll find that many ovary or both their ovaries have many um, cysts on them. And so that kind of leads us to the diagnosis of PCOS and a lot of the problems that come with PCOS and the fertility issues that we're commonly dealing with because it goes a lot deeper than just your cycle and your period. I don't know if you've noticed over on Instagram, but I have been sharing about a brand new resource that I have available. It's a free ebook called The Condensed Guide to Getting Pregnant. And I wanted to just take a minute today to let you know that it is available for you. If you head over to my website, blissberrywellness.com and click the free ebook tab right there at the top. Now I have been in the fertility space for five years now, and I've noticed there are some really key things that I continually have to educate on and specific questions that I just find myself answering over and over and over again. And so in this ebook, I actually sit down and break down those top five questions, things like how to identify that you are actually ovulating, what you should focus on and when you should start seeking out extra support. And so I talk about all of these things in depth in this free ebook, and I wanna make sure that you get your copy as soon as possible. This is an amazing resource. I am so excited to share with you. So head over to my website, blissberrywellness.com and you can find it there. So I think what you mentioned there about androgens, it's, you know, we kind of talk about androgens when it comes to PCOS, but I even feel like a lot of times, like this is my personal experience when I was diagnosed with PCOS. Um, oh goodness. It's been, it's been like eight years ago now. So it's been a really long time. And I will be honest that I was diagnosed by two doctors who I really did not feel ever gave a good idea of looking at my situation. When I walked in the door, they'd already made up their minds of what was going on. And that was really frustrating. Um, and the reason I'm mentioning that is because I think back to my own situation. And one of the doctors did run a TSH and maybe one other lab, but the other, but neither of the doctors ever did any other due diligence to run lab testing. So you mentioned androgens. Um, what you say they're male hormones. Is that something that is standard tested for when we're thinking PCOS or is it kind of one of those things that is just like, you know, they kind of look at you and guess? <laughs> I think it's just one of those things that's very variable and it just kind of, because there's no like, yep, this is for sure the criteria we're going to use to diagnose women. Some women will find that they got the ultrasound and it didn't show what we wanted to see. So we didn't do anything else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I would say it's not uncommon for me to, to hear from women. Like I, I never got my testosterone drawn. So I don't know what that mm -hmm. looks like, you know, and some women will come in and they'll say, I have testosterone drawn and it was totally normal. But some of those other precursors that we find were never actually done either. So like DHEA and the, the DHT, which is how your testosterone is going to break down. And that can be an issue. And so sometimes those things can get missed as well, because there's just no standard way for us to diagnose it. And so sometimes it kind of gets missed, I think a little bit too, kind of like how you said, you just, you never had that done other than just the TSH done. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think that's so crazy, especially given, you know, the number of women who have this diagnosis, the various different expressions that it seems to have, uh, what other expressions are really common, um, are there other things that you see generally consistent with PCOS? What would those be? A lot of my ladies also have really low progesterone to go with it. And so mm. not only do we have the problem that the androgens are getting really high, then estrogen ends up getting high because progesterone is so low. 
And you have a couple of different things that you'll see is a lot of women you'll see, like, not only do they have the high testosterone symptoms, but they'll start getting high estrogen symptoms too. And it's not necessarily because estrogen is truly high, but their progesterone level is just really low. Mm. And when we're talking about fertility, we need that progesterone, like before 12 weeks of pregnancy, our body is producing that progesterone. And that's what helps to keep the baby healthy and growing during those 12 weeks. After 12 weeks, our placenta takes over. And so the body has some relief there, but like that is so essential for not only getting pregnant, but maintaining that pregnancy until the placenta has a chance to grow and, and become that dominant hormone of progesterone making. Mm, yeah, that, that's kind of a big deal, you know? <laughs> yes, it's a very big deal. Yeah, when we're thinking about getting pregnant, you know, I, I feel like the conversation about progesterone has become more and more center stage thanks to products like Prove. I don't know if you're familiar with Prove. Um, they're uh, an at-home test that you can do to kind of monitor okay. progesterone uh, level, PDG urine metabolite. Um, and so their founder has really done this huge push on, you know, making it more accessible to be aware of your progesterone because it was a big part of her story. Um, but I really like what you said there for a second and I wanted to jump back. Um, you mentioned that the low progesterone is commonly seen really low, which makes it that estrogen more dominant. Now, a lot of times I've, you know, we hear when we're thinking PCOS, oh, it's just like estrogen dominance. Um, but does it always appear as though the estrogen is truly way up out of range or is that, is it really just that ratio being off is what gives it that dominant type of feel, if that makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question because you, I have commonly seen both. I've seen ladies who are just very estrogen dominant and their estrogen is really high and we do have to work through some of that. And I've seen some ladies who just have the low progesterone. So they have the symptoms of like an estrogen dominance, but they don't actually have that. We're just lacking progesterone. And so it makes the body think that we have estrogen dominance, so to speak. And it's something that we will just address either way, right? Like progesterone is essential to this piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that we'll work on no matter what too. So balancing them out and having that ratio where it needs to be is, is very important when we're talking about fertility and pregnancy. And that's a huge part of it that I feel like that gets missed commonly as well. Mm, yeah. As you're saying that, that phrase comes to mind that says tests don't guess, because yes. I feel like this is a great scenario where a lot of times I've heard, you know, over the years, oh, if it's PCOS, then your estrogen's like sky high, but maybe that's not the case. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah. So what are some of the things that, that you found that are surprising to your, your patients when you're working on PCOS? Is there anything about the condition that comes that they didn't expect? Um, any any ma management options, whether it's lifestyle geared that, uh, you know, they maybe didn't anticipate or, or anything from that front? I would say there's a lot of that that goes into it because everyone's PCOS is very different. I feel like if we're getting to, you know, like root causes of PCOS, I feel like every woman's is very individualized and can be a combination of all of the things instead of like just one thing. And so that's kind of also, you know, where we get the uh, women commonly come with like metformin and things is because there's a ton of insulin resistance. It's a very common type of appearance when you're looking at PCOS too. And insulin resistance is definitely like one of those problems that I commonly see. But when we're looking at it from like a root cause approach, we're really looking at mineral imbalances in the body. And I think that that's what really surprises people is that we're going to dig a lot deeper than just your hormones. And we are going to address lifestyle things. 
stress-based PCOS is another possible root cause. So mm-hmm. it's adrenal mm-hmm. that is really causing the problem here. And we're getting back to cortisol levels and how does life look? What can we do to mitigate stress? What like different things can we do to manage it? Are you getting sunlight in your life? Like what's going on there? Or is it somebody who's having a lot of gut problems and the gut is what's truly causing a lot of this inflammation. We need to heal the gut, repair digestion, and look at how the body's handling that estrogen in the gut. Because a lot of my ladies that have the estrogen dominance piece have a huge gut piece to it too, Mm. because that's where our body's metabolizing estrogen. It gets packaged up, should be excreted in stool. But if we have a lot of things going on in the gut, that doesn't happen and it can potentially be reabsorbed and that can be an issue. Or is it something, you know, thyroid based? I would say 25% of my ladies have potentially some PCOS that's driven from the thyroid. And that's very common too. And so I'm excited that you got your thyroid checks because, you know, they looked that route too, because that's Mm -hmm. something that I feel like can sneak up on women too, is like, it was not the hormones. It was something else like the thyroid that's really struggling and needs a lot of support. And another common one that I see that I feel like I have experienced a little bit as well is the post-birth control PCOS. And that is so hard on women because you come in with a combination and it's just a lot of the gut inflammation from like what's been going on with the pill. Your adrenals are exhausted from being on the pill as well. And it's more of like, what did we do during the pill and how long were we on it? And how can I heal that damage that has happened and get us to a better place? And so I think that that part's shocking too, that you don't have to have just like a one size fits all PCOS. It's still all PCOS. We just have to figure out like, where is your root commonly coming from? And it's probably a combination of all of the things too, right? So that's, I think, very interesting for women when we start looking at, you know, the body as a whole. And that's more of like that root cause approach instead of just like looking at one spot and then kind of treating that and maybe doing something else for this and kind of just trying to heal you as a whole because it's very root cause based for me. Mm, yeah, I, I love that. And, and I really wish that that's how we approached, you know, care, especially for something so complex as PCOS, because I feel like a lot of times if you get the diagnosis, you get put on the path that's kind of the same for everyone else without taking into consideration a lot of the things you just mentioned. Uh, and, and I feel like, you know, looking into our community, seeing the conversations that they've had, it's like a lot of that frustration comes from just kind of feeling like you're lumped in with everyone else, whether or not you're experiencing the same symptoms or the same types of things. Uh, and, and then just hoping that the same treatment will work all the way across the board. Um, and, and so it like, it feels complex when you like break it down like that and you're like, well, it could be this or it could be, that, or it could be you know, it could be the adrenals, which nobody ever mentions the adrenals or it could be the thyroid, yeah. you know, and you just kind of go down the list. And at first it's like, oh my goodness, that is a overwhelming thought. But then when you kind of step back and it's like, now, hey, wait, if, if you actually figure out which portions of these pieces are playing a factor, suddenly it's so much less overwhelming because you've taken that giant pool of polycystic ovarian syndrome and you've made it to where you as the individual person is getting individualized treatment. Yes. And that's really the goal um, in my practice is to make it very much about you. Like it's not a one size fits all, like no one's course of action is going to be exactly the same as someone Mm -hmm. else's because you're such a beautiful, unique person. And like, that's the beauty of this. And 
I think that that's a huge part of like why it's so successful with treating for people is because we do that. We look at you like, you know, some people aren't going to have a huge necessarily like insulin resistance picture, but their stress is just huge. And they have like symptoms of adrenal fatigue that we need to address and the mineral imbalances that are going to come with that so that we can heal that so that you're not struggling with it long-term. And that's really the goal. Mm. Yeah. I think that long-term piece that you just mentioned is something that, you know, when we're thinking like, I want to get pregnant yesterday, we're not really thinking the long-term health, but, uh, something I'd love to know is what has that looked like with your patients? Is it, have you seen once you've started to address those underlying things that long-term they just feel better? Yes. So, um, one of my last patients, um, she is actually, I think four months pregnant naturally Mm -hmm. after doing like some fertility treatments because of her PCOS is what they essentially diagnosed her with. And it was a very big transition for her to go from, I feel terrible all of the time to, I feel great all of the time. And to have Mm -hmm. the resources to keep her in that place too, because that's the other goal is like, this is for your long-term health. I want you to be healthy and happy. I want your pregnancy to feel amazing for you because when we're in a place where the body is healthy and happy, that pregnancy is going to be so much easier for you and so much more enjoyable because you feel good during that. And that's really my goal is to make women feel good during their pregnancy because their body has all of the resources to do that. And then, you know, you're going to go through the rebuilding phase after with your postpartum care. And that's huge too, is making sure that you have the resources for that. And so I think the long-term care is really important for me too, is so that people have long-term resources and sustainable ways to stay there. Like we're not very supplement driven. It's not going to be just based on that. It's how can we nourish your body with food? How can we get stress under control naturally with walking or meditation you know, what are those long-term things look like for you? And that's different for each person. Yeah. And that's amazing too. The, the, you know, looking back six months down the road, a year down the road and being like, wow, I've actually felt awesome for this duration of time. And, and I love what you said about really just, you know, preparing so you can have a great pregnancy. I think a lot of times we don't even, we don't even put the value on that. And so that in and of itself, for anyone who's listening, there, there is such a value in taking some time working with someone who knows how to help you heal so you can enter into that pregnancy just feeling amazing. Uh, because yes. feeling crummy when you're pregnant is terrible. Uh, it, yes. And I think inevitably everyone has a period of they're tired or they might not feel super great there at the beginning, but to get to a point in pregnancy where you feel vibrant, that's that's awesome. And to feel vibrant postpartum too. And, and so yes. that's just a, it's a huge season, a huge season that it's like so many big wins. They're yes. just like, you're experiencing and cashing those in. <laughs> yes. That's the goal. Like it should be a beautiful time of your life. Like mm-hmm. the goal is definitely to get, you know, ladies pregnant when that's what they want, but I want you to enjoy that process of getting to be pregnant because it mm-hmm. is so beautiful. Like the changes your body goes through the things that your body is doing all on its own, because it just knows is so amazing to me. Like, I think that is just the most wonderful thing. And I want women to really get to enjoy that. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want anyone to be sick through their entire pregnancy because it's such a beautiful time for you. Mm, Yes. I love that. So for anyone who's listening and they're just, they want to know more, they want to know how to connect with you. They want to know if you're taking on new patients, what does that look like? Yes. So I am still taking on new clients. I am also currently six months pregnant. So that's been a really exciting part of my journey as well. 
So there will be, um, I'm going to start a wait list probably about mid-September, and then that probably won't start again until December, January, just to have that postpartum period for myself as well. And so um, I am still taking clients at this point. Right now, um, I'm mostly just on Instagram, and that's where most ladies have connected with me is on Instagram, social media at this point, because I'm still kind of building things up to kind of see where they go. Um, but yeah, I, I love working with my ladies who have PCOS and like, especially even if that's not what they have and they're just looking for fertility, like helping to optimize and make them feel better. That's absolutely something that we, I really enjoy doing too. Well, we'll include the link to your social media in the show notes to anyone who's listening, head over there, give Gina a follow. You will learn a lot of great stuff from the things she posts. And it's, that's the place where you can connect with her, but thank you for taking time today to just chat with us. I I loved diving into this topic with you. Thank you so much, Hannah. I appreciate you. This has been fabulous. Well, with that, we're going to sign off for today, but just a reminder, we publish a new episode every Monday. So if you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you subscribe so that you don't miss the next one. Um, But with that, we're going to sign off and we'll be back here soon. Bye for now. I'd love to connect with you. I love connecting with each and every one of you, hearing your stories and just finding out what topics and resources would be the most helpful to you on the journey. Head over to Instagram. Give me a follow. You can find me at Hannah Bowers, I-N-H-C. I've got all sorts of goodies over there from recipe tutorials to mindfulness exercises to little lifestyle hacks that are going to revolutionize your fertility. So definitely head over there so we can hang out. Now, while you're there, you should also check out my new course, the Fertility Roadmap. Now, this isn't like any other course that you're going to find on the market. This is a really special course that I have developed working with clients, supporting the 20,000 women in my community and implementing the dietary and lifestyle strategies that I talk about personally. Now, I can tell you that there are so many different interventions out there and it can be really overwhelming trying to identify what lifestyle shifts are actually going to support you the most with your fertility. And so in my course, the Fertility Roadmap, I'm actually breaking down some of those bigger pieces. We are spending a lot of time talking about how to shift your nervous system into a state that supports conception and pregnancy and having a beautiful baby. This is something that I discovered in my most recent or my last fertility journey that made such a difference. And so I can't wait to share these secrets, these nuggets of wisdom, these simple things you are going to go, oh my goodness, how did I not know that these could help me get pregnant? I'm going to break these down and share them with you in my course, The Fertility Roadmap. So you can find that on my website, wisperrywellness.com. Hey friends, if you're looking to improve egg and sperm quality, then you need to check out Full Wells Fertility Booster. This powerful supplement is supercharged with antioxidants like coenzyme Q10 and N-acetylcysteine to help improve the quality of both egg and sperm. That means you only need to buy one bottle of this product and you and your significant other can both benefit from all of the nutrients it provides. Head over to fullwellfertility.com and use the code, all caps, BLISSBERRYWELLNESS at checkout to save.